Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Tom Longo, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Yeah, well, so the argument uh, obviously is that then the government... Uh, and that isn't that what they want to have that kind of breakdown of the supply line occur so they can use that as an excuse to send in the troops, so to speak, National Guard, declare martial law sure. and then control everything in obviously, which would be a tyrannical way Not that they're not tyrannical now, but right. be a tyrannical way that they could justify as being necessary wouldn't. They, they would they, they would try and do that. But here's the bigger question, uh, Dan, um, which is that uh, how much landmass are you talking about the army being able to really control? Like you can control the urban centers. These are the very places being starved out in the first place. You've got to control all of the dairy farms. You've got to control all the cattle farms. You've got to control all the, the wheat fields and the corn fields and the soybean fields. And you've got to and and. And that's not going to happen if you've got 75 or 80 million people who all own rifles. It, you know, it's just it, the balance of power isn't correct. You know, Yamamoto during World War II was very famously said you can't invade the United States because behind every tree there'll be a rifle. Um, yeah. <laughs> and today, uh, you know, we saw in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the response to the civil unrest from the, the summer, we saw how many millions of newly minted gun owners were, were created this summer. Something like 30 million people bought guns for the first time. It's a lot well, of uh, yeah, I mean, this is a I mean, and I understand because I really agree with what you're saying. I mm-hmm. wanted you to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also want to say that I agree with it. It, sure. it becomes a, a matter of numbers, mm-hmm. uh, geography and numbers. Right. Uh, and, uh, and that's really what the federal government, the federal government wants us to think. And it wants us to think that they are so powerful that yes. whatever edict they put out, we have got to follow or else. Or else. That, that's what they say. Or yeah. else. The or problem else. is that, that or else is empty. Yes. Because they do not have the power. And that brings up uh, Prince versus the USA in 1996, 1997, when after the Brady Bill was passed and the, uh, the FBI comes down to the Sheriff's Association meeting in the state of Texas and says, well, you guys are going to be helping us to enforce the Brady Law. And the sheriffs in Texas says, no way, we ain't doing that. 
It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said that the federal government cannot force state law enforcement to enforce federal law. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a major uh, a major break for the freedom that we have, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, in counties like ours. I'm very proud of the fact that we have in in our county uh, and our surrounding counties. We're rural, very rural county. We have a constitutional sheriff. All the counties around here do. They understand the Constitution. They're willing to stand up for the Constitution. And uh, that's the number one thing that you can have in your county that will protect uh, your freedom. Yeah, we have. Uh, we have. Yeah, we have. I'm oh, sorry. We have a similar thing in Florida. The uh, the the sheriff is a, is a constitutional office. Uh, they are elected. They are elected, uh, and we have some beasts of sheriffs in in Florida. Not necessarily in south of where I am in Latrell County. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not in Latrell County, which is the city of Gainesville, but um, not necessarily down there. But where I am up in uh, in northern uh, other counties and, and the rural counties surrounding Gainesville are all they're all very hands off. They're all they're all good people. I've met my sheriff's officers down here, and they're they're fantastic. So that brings, of course, up that whole that whole thing about compliance, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I will not comply. How does that compute for you? It's it's it's. I these people don't rule me. They just issue. They just point guns at me and make me obey. There's a difference. You know, like secession is mostly. I mean, in a, in a practical sense, people always like get bogged down in in. Uh, and implementation and, you know, practically, or well, you can't see practically, there are all these problems. And Brexit is a good example of what happens when, you know, you've, you're dealing with the complicated relationship between nation states that don't really want to separate when whose political classes really don't want to separate. The people want to separate, but the political classes don't. But that's not the important part of it. Secession starts in your mind. It starts in your head first as an, uh, as, as that moment where you say, nope, not going to do that. Well, we're going to make you do that. Well, no, you're going to, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it for the reasons you say I am. You can get me to obey, but you can't get my consent. I can always at some point just say no. And then you have to raise the level of threat to the point of eventually beating me or killing me or whatever you're going to do. And then if, you know, if you wind up killing me, you didn't get what you wanted anyway, which was my compliance. Because if you kill enough of us, eventually there's not enough people to work the farms. Like, and the phrase I have for this is that's, that's great. You're king now, but you're king of the ant pile. You're not king of anything else. Bill de Blasio is going to be king of an ant pile that is New York City in 10 years from now, if he's still mayor, um, for example, because he's actively destroying the city while everybody leaves or, you know, dies of, you know, dysentery. Because forget COVID 19, that city's going to, you know, the sewer system in New York City is going to fail. The subway is going to fail. It's, it's going to become disgusting um, because the tax base is going to fail. And once the tax base fails, they won't be able to maintain the infrastructure. And then the whole thing is a Ponzi scheme that just collapses in and on, in on itself. So, um, so the, in essence, non-compliance is an act of individual secession. Absolutely. And when Absolutely. enough people non-comply, then you have bigger and larger areas of 
secession. Exactly. And isn't that really what you're what you're advocating? Which absolutely. I think is great if you are. But I think no, no, I am no, absolutely. I'm I'm always I'm saying, look, you be be a member of whatever group you want to be a member of, and don't be a member of any group you don't want to be a member of. And more importantly, respect the decision of other people who don't want to be a member of your group. Like, as a, a really hardcore libertarian, which I am, I, I don't have well, a problem with people who want to be commies. Right. They want to go live in a commune and share their their stuff together. That's fine. You want to have communal property. You go right ahead and do so. Just don't tell me that I have to pay you or that I have to become a member of your 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 commune. You can be right next door to me. That would be fine. I'll be very happy to protect and respect your the, the, the border between your commieville and outer Luangolia. Right. I'm no I have no problem with that. But the minute you cross the line and you cross over into outer Luangolia, with the intent of telling me that I have to give you 10% of my, you know, egg crop every day or whatever. That's when I, you know, pull out the guns and go, uh, no, <laughs> you know, I don't start with the gun. I just say no. And then we, and then if you keep coming, eventually I'm going to like, look, if you don't leave, I'm going to shoot you. Um, because then I'm going to be in threat for my life because I know that I know where this goes. And, and, but I have no problem with you being a communist. You just don't have the right to be a communist. And tell me what, what and force me to be who you want to be. I've argued with communists about this or people who purport to be communists. I'm like, well, you want to have a communist. That's great. OK, well, can I opt out of your commune? And they go, well, yeah. And I go, well, you're not a communist. You're a libertarian. If you if you believe that people have the ultimate right to opt out, pay their dues on the way out or whatever they have to do, settle up their settle up their bill with the commune. Fine. That's a voluntary. That's anarcho syndicalism. That's not communism. That's a different thing. Well, like you, I am an anarcho-libertarian as well, um, for a variety of reasons that the anarcho goes in front of me. But the basic libertarian principle of I am a free person, Mm -hmm. I make my decisions for myself, I am responsible for my decisions, whether they're good or bad. Exactly. uh, And I don't force my failures upon you to fix. And my freedom does stop at your nose. Absolutely. and that the problem is, is that we are confronted now by a whole group of people, like you said, who they want to live in a commune uh, or sort of a commune with a an upper crust of leaders, let's say, who get an all oligarchy. the good. Yeah, an oligarchs who get all the good stuff, and everyone else is in the commune thinking they're getting the good stuff, but they really not. They're getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they say to us, "You must be a member of this." And what do we say? No. Exactly. We are non-compliant. And the problem is, though, that then that's when they come after us and that's when things get dicey, as you said. And, 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 you know, Dan, there's a reason why the blog and the newsletter are called Gold, Goats and Guns, because it's not just a it's, it's a it's a life plan. Right. It's those are metaphors for your life. Right. Gold is a, is a metaphor for your savings. Okay, it's the that which you've earned through the sweat of your brow and you're you mixing your labor with the land and blah, 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 whatever profit you've been able to eke out of this really difficult existence. That is life. Um, You if you save whatever you earned, you you, you earned for yourself yesterday, that's your savings. And that savings is what you can then deploy into a larger um, into larger endeavors, your investments metaphorically speaking, your goats, because if one can have saved enough food, now one can build 
you know, a paddock in order to have some goats and take care of them. And you now have a much in that you now can create, produce second and secondary and tertiary goods. You can invest in the future. You take on capital risk, yada, yada, yada. And then what are guns? Guns are the way you defend all of that, which is you've already built. You defend. How do you defend your gold and your goats? Well, you do it with guns and 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 defense takes a number of different forms. It could be insurance. It can be, uh, you know. Currency hedges, it could be any number of things from an investment strategy. Obviously, it's, it's, it, it means different things. But if you understand it from that perspective, then what you're saying ultimately is it be your own economic actor, be your own central bank, be your own, you know, whatever you want to be. It's be your own and um, and know that you can't do everything yourself because the division of labor is the miracle of society. But you always have the right to walk away if you need to you'd rather not because life is better when you're in a community life is easier when you have people that you can count on and you can trust i mean living out a, a, you know barter is the path to self to to uh, um, to subsistence level living um it's it's hunter-gatherer living um society creates great wealth through the coordination of of of, of people when they're free to pursue their bliss and everybody is able to leverage their comparative advantage as uh, as actors within the within the economic the, the the body economic as it were. So, so again, uh, we're and that's what's interesting about it, you know, because I look at. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm living in the same the same world that you are, the same country that you are. We're facing the same things. We believe so much of the same things, mm -hmm. you and I. And we're looking at some potential scenarios. Uh, and so the question then comes, what, what has to happen? What has to happen for you to say, I'm pulling the membership plug at this point? What is it that goes through your mind? At that moment, it's a good question. And I, the minute I realized that the steal of the election was happening, which was right around 1 a.m. on election night, um, I was I sat there for a couple of hours. I sat up until about 3.30 and I immediately started to decide because I could start to see how this was going to play out. And I said, well, this is not good. This means that do I have to, and I've already thought about this because as a public figure now and as, a, as an open, no, relatively speaking, as an open dissident, knowing full well that under a full democratic uh, government that's, you know, got a got designs on, you know, for all intents and purposes, world domination, just to put it in simple, just to put it in simple terms. Um, what do you do? Do you? Do you put your house up for sale and, you know, and move to a place without a without an extradition treaty? What do you do? It's a good question. Do you give up your U.S. citizenship, which is your passport literally to the world? I mean, what do you do? Because it is a difficult task. And being in the position I'm in now, knowing um, that I've taken on a, uh, a lead, I've willingly taken on a leadership role to lead people to help them make sense of what's happening. You can't, you have to balance staying and fighting for your home versus being able to continue to do what you're doing. And this is a very interesting conversation that my wife and I had to have in the days right after the election 
And, uh, and I still haven't answered that question. So it's because it's a good one. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of com- confounding pro- uh, uh, issues with that. So my daughter's 14, uh, you know, she just started high school, yada, yada, yada. So I'm in Florida, which is probably one of the first states, if any are going to secede from, they'll be the first state to secede. I wouldn't doubt. So this is the one with the most political power. So it's a good question. I don't have, I'm not sure I even have a, a strong answer for it, but I know that everybody's going to have their own. All I can do is give you kind of the parameters that went through my head in recent times. Well, you know, that is, of course, uh, for, for many people uh, and many people who, uh, who can, can be considered preppers for people who have been concerned enough about what is happening to it's a plan ahead. Like you said, um, you know, gold, goats, and guns is really, um, it's, it really is symbolic of exactly what people who are worried about the future need to be considering. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you look at a, your family, your wife, your friends and their families and their wives. And mm-hmm. even if you're together in some kind of a, um, a preparation type venture or group or whatever, there is always that moment when you have to say to everyone else in your family, uh, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this nice, comfortable house we're living in, this, uh, you know, the heating with air conditioning, hot and cold running water, you know, refrigerators and freezers full of food and, and the like is a liability for us and a risk uh, to our safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is time to it is time to uh, to leave that comfort. That to me probably is the most difficult decision that that a head of a household, with or without consent of the governed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, can make absolutely uh, absolutely it's a it's it's crazy and i've i've been on both sides of it in the last two months we uh we you know when you reached out to me originally i was i, I said uh you know thank you but uh, i'm on i'm on vacation in mexico right now why don't we um and you know won't we revert get back you know after i'm, I'm back after the first of the year and and um there, there was a reason for that you know we decided to spend the holidays in mexico just in case Things had been not quite, uh, you know, up to snuff. And we had left, you know, we left instructions with my wife's family and all the rest of it that you know, we may not be coming back. And um, then I get back and six days later, I'm like, we probably shouldn't have come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. Um, but I'll give you an idea that while this was happening, while everything was happening last summer, I'll give you a perfect example. Um during last uh, during the riots of last summer and COVID and all the rest of it, you know, during the first stage of COVID, my wife and I bought a, a chest freezer and a friend of ours who raises cattle offered us up a cow, you know, a full cow at a good price. And we did that. We laid in, you know, we were two months ahead of every or six weeks ahead of the toilet paper shortage and all the rest of it. We had, you know, locked in plenty of food. We had just bought another, we, our other chest freezer was full of pig and goat. So we had two chest freezers now full of, you know, a year's worth of meat and, uh, or more, more than a year's worth of meat. And, you know, we're actively, you know, still milking one dairy goat. And, and then 
Um, over the summer, I kind of looked at my wife and said, I think it's time for you to prep bug out bags just in case we may need to leave this house in, on 20 minutes notice. So let's have that laid out and let's have that, you know, one for each of us. And uh, that'd be that. And she's like, okay. And that's what she did. And uh, so we have that, you know, ready and to go. And, uh, you know, you, you do what you have to do um, knowing that it could be, it could get very ugly because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, when you're in that moment, you'll know. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Yeah. <laughs>